Connect and experience art at the Northfield Arts Guild. Visit our galleries, arts festival, and take in a performance at our theater featuring a full season of dramas, comedies, and musicals. The Guild's gift shop showcases unique art from over 100 local and regional member artists. Come enjoy music from the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra or the 411 Concert Series. We invite you to explore your creativity in one of our classes. All are welcome at the Northfield Arts Guild. To learn how you can be a part, visit northfieldartsguild.org or call 507-645-8877. Art Zany, radio for the imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, radio for the imagination. Good morning. This is Paula Granquist, and you're tuned in to Art Zany Radio for the Imagination. Thanks so much for being here and listening. We have a big show, so we're going to jump right in, and we're going to go to the art fair. Today, we're going to feature Dave Mahachek, an artist from the Sogan Valley Art Fair. Check out Sogan, S-O-G-N, valleyartfair.com for all the details. It's this weekend, Saturday, October 1st, from 10 to 5, and Sunday, October 2nd, from 10 to 4, and it's going to to be in Cannon Falls at Art Org, which is located at 214 4th Street North in Cannon Falls. It's the 50th year of the Sogan Valley Art Fair. There's going to be artists, food, market vendors, and everybody's ready to celebrate. So you can go ahead and enjoy this great festival. We're going to open up with Dave Mahachek, who is the founder of Art Org, which is artorg.com if you want more details about that organization. Art Org is in Cannon Falls and the host site for this year's Sogan Valley Art Fair. And I want to thank Dave for helping me coordinate our artist interviews for Art Zany Radio. In this segment, he highlights some of the great things happening at the, this year's Sogan Valley Art Fair. Thank you, Dave, for coming in to talk about the 50th year of the Sogan Valley That's Art Fair. That's a long time. It is. We were trying to calculate you know, the, the dates and for, for a fair to be going on that long. That You mentioned it might be one of the few. I think it's one of the oldest ones around, and, and actually we're not, uh, it started a couple of years, even like 52 years ago, but a couple of, couple of years they it was they didn't hold it, so we didn't count those years. So yeah, it is really a, that's a big, it's a big round number. It is, so it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm congratulating you, and it's now at the space at the um, Art Org, which you mentioned there's been some remodeling, and so the... Right, we're very lucky to... Um, to get a, some donors to help us renovate the building, and, and we're pretty close to, you know, we've made a lot of progress. So a d- big difference in than years past is years past, most of the stuff was outside. There were four vendors maybe in the back of the building, but but this year we've, we're up to maybe a dozen vendors inside. So make sure when you think Sogan Valley Art Fair, you think inside or outside and inside because there's going to be a lot of cool stuff um, we've got some dem- nice demos. Uh, Hans Koch, who you'll be talking to, um, is going to do a letterpress demonstration. And we've got uh, Ryan Seitz doing some uh, silkscreen uh, demonstrations. He's the the uh, creative uh, part of uh, Cloud Cult, all their merchandise mm-hmm. and their posters and everything. So that should be pretty cool. And then, of course, uh, Scott West has been with us uh, since we've had the fair for four or five years now. And he's a st- one of the stage painters in Cloud Cult. So he'll be outside. Um, the, other, the others will be inside, but it'll, it'll be really a lot of fun. And of course, then you also—it's uh, a big fair, so everybody's at one spot, and you can also make use of all the downtown Cannon Falls stuff. 
Yeah, and you know. in addition to the artists, we'll be talking with a few of them today, but there's so many uh, more, you know, ones that are coming back, a few new ones, but there's more than just art there, too. So tell us a little bit about music and food. and. Yeah, we have music. We have four musicians lined up, uh, Helen Forsyth, of course, and uh, she does everything <laughs> in the area, and uh, a couple others. It'll, it'll be really a lot of fun, um, and and. Where we're situated, uh, I was going to say we've got the um, uh, the Tillian Brewery right next to us, Mill Street Tavern, Cannon Bell's Coffee. They're on our block, and then one block, you know, just a little bit away. I think you could still throw a snowball and hit them, but we've got the the Cannon uh, River Winery is there, and Dudley's Pizza, and uh, Nick's uh, Bistro, and 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 there's really a lot of stuff down there it's all in one spot so park once find a spot and then just relax and and have a fun a fun day you can definitely spend the whole day and it's both days so (laughs) you could come twice right (laughs) it's twice as nice and there'll be something for everyone and it's a i like the 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 you know, it's it's all in a, in a, in one area, so it's it's an easy to walk around. It's weird because it's there's a trout stream going right past us. This little Cannon River, which we say kind of defines the Sogan Valley, because um, if you go south down upstream this this little little Cannon River, you actually go through the little town of Sogan and more what people think of the traditionally as a Sogan Valley, but. You know, we're still on the river, so we still think we're in Sogan Valley. But there's a, a spring-fed swan pond there that you can buy food and feed the swans and stuff, and uh, it's it's pretty nice. Yeah, I saw that. I was I, I saw that in the uh, description in the swan pond. I hadn't hadn't like that's a really interesting thing. That's fun for the kids. <laughs> yeah, I have a new dog, and I when I'm working there, I need to walk the dog, so I walk it past the swan pond, and they're trumpeter swans, I think, because they sound like trumpets. It's weird. <laughs> wow. No, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Nice, nice spot. And amazing, great artists, great food. Did we mention the food that's going to be at? Yep, food trucks. Um, we've got uh, uh, Rancho Locos, a local uh, Mexican restaurant, and uh, Northern Roots is coming. And then um, uh, Gwen Anderson is coming with her thing. And she helped us out. We, we, we had a little event for uh particip- or fairgoers early in the summer and, and she catered that too so she's coming back for the actual fair too she's very talented yeah. a great great Absolutely. chef and this is oftentimes where we get our pumpkins for yes. uh the fall is from this this festival i can remember hauling a few up that hill in a wagon yeah josephson's <laughs> brings their huge hay rack with filled with pumpkins so. mm-hmm. it's a great time yeah, so we actually offer um booths half price booths to to more farmers market vendors honeys and pickles and pumpkins and stuff like that so, so that's an extraordinary time it's the perfect thing to do for a fall afternoon so thank you very much thank for you. bringing all of these stories and for helping to you know keep the sogan valley art fair going for maybe another 50 years yes and thanks for this wonderful program you're welcome yeah Folks, that was Dave Mahachek, and now we're going to uh, talk with artist Adam Reinwald. He's a St. Olaf graduate and leader of the premier choral ensemble, Cantore. 
and the Twin City Beer Choir. With the TC Beer Choir at Tillian Brewing in Cannon Falls, he helped create the Sogan Valley Art Fair jingle in the radio ad you heard a little bit earlier. You can check out beerchoir.com or cantore.net with That's With a K. Here he is on Arts Any Radio. And welcome to the show, Adam. It's so exciting to have you here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know we're going to talk about that great song that we just heard that you helped with, but tell us a little more about yourself and then the Twin Cities uh, Beer Choir. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, I am a choir director in the Twin Cities here. Uh, I've been uh, singing professionally for a very long time and uh, conduct a choir in town called Contrai. We are a, a community chamber ensemble, and on top of that, I run an organization called Beer Choir, which is exactly what you think it is. Uh, we travel into different uh, beer uh, pouring restaurants and venues and uh, encourage people to sing along with us for a couple hours every time. Uh, we've got a hymnal, our songbook for the evening that kind of leads us through there, and that's how we uh, do our events, and we are very excited to do uh, an event uh, on behalf of the Silicon Valley Art Fair down at Tillian Brewing in Red Wing this summer, it was a great time. We had a wonderful time. <laughs> Not Red Wing, I'm sorry. We had a great time down in Cannon Falls and had, had a fantastic time. Yeah, and that's that's what I heard about, and I've heard that great ditty that you, you did. And, uh, I mean, is this a first that you've recorded something that's then become a commercial? Yes, it's a, it's a song that is part of our beer choir hymnal. It's called The Rattlin' Bog, and, and our friend Dave Mahachek heard it uh, on a YouTube clip uh, that was kind of part of an Irish wedding song. It's an additive song, so you add more and more things to it, and he was uh, geniusly uh, put together some words that really fit uh, the Sogan Valley Art Fair, and so it was very fun to sing in front of uh, the audience and then invite them to sing in the, in the refrain with everybody. So tell us, Dave, how did this idea come up to make this a part of what is the 50th year? So it's a big, big celebration. Well, I, you know, I come up with a lot of ideas, and and uh, Kari Alberg, my partner, is is a real. <clears throat> she hears a lot of them, and I suppose one in 50 actually <laughs> <laughs> happens. But um, yeah, to change the lyrics of songs is fun, and this one. Would, barely had to change anything and it it fit so nicely together and reflected the amount of things that are are at the fair you know Tillian Brewing where we recorded it is right next door to us and kind of a sponsor of the fair and um yeah it was just a lot of fun yeah it sounds like it. You can tell now. So people are invited to join uh, at these events that you have and I've got the website is it beerchoir.com Yep, that's it. And so the people would get that idea and think, that probably sounds like a lot of fun. There's no training required, or you don't have to have any credentials you show to join in to, for singing along? Exactly. We just ask that you participate as, uh, as kind of heartily as you, you feel like you'd like to, and you don't have to be a trained singer. We teach you all the music. Uh, the, really, the only requirement is you come and enjoy singing with uh, people you don't know and uh, occasionally hoisting a beer to your mouth. And enjoying that sip. So really, it's about community building through music and uh, in places that serve wonderful beer. It sounds like a good combination. And what do you think that singing together does for us? I mean, you, you, you mentioned that you do a choir, you know, you're a choir director, but you also do this is another version of it. But there's something that we get from it. What, in your experience, what is that? 
Well, there's even scientific evidence that says that when people sing together, they start to uh, breathe together, and even heartbeats start to align. Uh, so for, for me, it's just a very natural thing to see people who may not even know each other enjoying song together, and that radiates into a smile, especially when you get a chance to also hoist a beer while doing so. It, um, it brings us closer together when we don't even realize that's what's happening. Um, so it's just a great thing to see people doing together. Uh, at, down at Tillian this summer, we saw people coming from the twin, northern Twin Cities metro and uh, some local folks at, in Cannon Falls at the same time. And, and they had no idea, but for two and a half hours, they were singing uh, as though they were best friends. And it was just a wonderful thing to see. It's our favorite thing to see, and we're very happy also to support the Southern Valley Art Festival. Yeah, it sounds like a great way to support all these wonderful breweries in our, our community. Now, I have to ask the question about the, the beer element. <laughs> Does that make people better singers? Well, it definitely makes them think that they're better singers, which <laughs> is really part of the the uh, the, the equation there. But we, we, we don't, you don't have to be a beer drinker. Uh, we, we do have folks who uh, will occasionally sidle up on an outdoor event with a uh, maybe even a little bit of wine that they brought, and we even have root beer choir for the kiddos. So uh, you don't have to be a beer drinker. We just think that it adds a little bit of fun. Yeah, it definitely does. And Dave, Tillian uh, in the past has had some special offerings. I don't know if there's going to be anything this year for the Sogan Valley Art Fair. Yeah, they, in years past they've issued a, a special beer called the Old Sogan, you know, old with a E, <laughs> oldie Sogan. Um, so this year, I think they still have a little bit from last year, and I think they've got something new in store too. They've all they always have a rotating um, list of different things that they're doing, and it's it's a real nice place to to enjoy a beer. For and sure. Adam, do you have any connections to the Sogan Valley, or uh, any any opportunities maybe for the choir to start doing art tours and joining like roving festivals or anything? Well, we certainly would love to. We have done art festivals and art fairs in the past, uh, but uh, no special connection, just a really uh, wonderful chance to meet and get a chance to talk to Dave and the folks at the Silicon Valley Art Fair. Uh, we're just wonderful to have us down, and we, we feel very special to be included in the radio ad. Uh, it felt really great to, to be there. Um, we wish them, of course, the best of success. Absolutely. Let's think about the... I was thinking the recording and how that all comes together when you aren't sure how many people are going to be there, what voices are going to be there, and putting this, this package together, what were some of the, the ways that you made that happen? Well, I'll tell you, this, uh, this uh, radio ad uh, really speaks to the genius of editing uh, because as we actually did the event down at Tillian, uh, I, as a song leader, actually uh, incredibly messed up the words that Dave put together for this song. And so I had to actually re-record them by myself at home. Uh, and we were able to get a great sound from the 60 or so singers who were in the building on the refrains, on the choruses. Uh, and then the geniuses that Dave works with uh, for the radio ad put together my home re-record uh, and mixed it with the folks in the, in the actual venue. So uh, it really worked out nicely, and I appreciate them for uh, picking me up where I had a, a bit of a fall down. Yeah, and uh, Dave, maybe we should talk a little bit about a couple of the words in in the song and what what you added to the original, which I understand was the rattling blo rattling bog. Did I say that right? Rattling bog. Well, the thing that was so nice is, uh, you know, down in Sogan Valley, oh, you know, that was just 
is perfect match to the refrain of the song. And and then um, I think the original song doesn't it, Adam? Go it it deals with some bug on a log and a shoe on the bug and the all that stuff. And it <laughs> exactly just exactly right. It kind of zooms out from a, a little uh, speck on a tree, and all of a sudden it goes right out and finally see the entire tree in the rattling box yeah there you go so um in in this case we just we didn't have enough time to do the whole song so we just lined up a whole bunch of things that'll be you know a, a a ring and a pot and a pot and a plate and a plate and a book and a book and a print you know and we mm-hmm. just lined up a bunch of things that are actually going to be be offered at the fair so I think that what a great memory for all those people who were there. Something really original to promote the the, the affair. It, the song lives on afterwards, and it's it's really clever. It's 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 wonderful, and I think it's delightful that you made the connection with the Twin City uh, Beer Choir again. Their website is beerchoir.com. Uh, we should also um, connect people, Adam, to the the choir that you you conduct. Tell us a little bit about how they can learn about where they'll be performing. Oh, sure. I appreciate that. The, the, the nice thing about beer choir is the choir is whoever is in the audience, whoever is attending there. Uh, it's just myself as a song leader, uh, typically another song leader and a pianist. Uh, so it's a chance for anybody who wants to be a part of that choir. Uh, the choir that I conduct is uh, called Contari with a K. And uh, you can find out more at Contari.net. Uh, we are an auditioned uh, volunteer chamber chorus, and we have concerts coming up at the end of October. Um, fabulous uh, program about healing and restoration called "Will We Remember?" Uh, so I'm happy to happy to share share that link out to folks. Again, that's contrai.net. And could you spell that for us to make sure people get that right? Sure, K A N T O R E I dot net. I'm glad I had you spell that because that was not what I put in my notes. So. It's really wonderful. I think it sounds like you have a delightful life singing your way through all kinds of of events and happenings. And it's a pleasure that you were able to help the Sogan Valley Art Fair celebrate their 50th year. So thank you. It's wonderful to meet you. Entirely my pleasure. And best of luck to Dave and everybody there. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. And folks, next we're going to keep going on the tour with Hans Koch. He's going to have live printing letterpress experience at the Sogan Valley Art Fair. He's done a lot of work with the Minnesota Center for Book Arts and the Minnesota Newspaper Museum. And so excited to have you here, Hans. It's wonderful to learn a little bit more about your work with the letterpress printing at the Sogan Valley Art Fair. First, tell us a little bit about your, yourself and your history with printing and the work that you've done. Oh, sure. Um, let's see. I guess uh, I came to letterpress printing uh, through the visual arts. Uh, I went to school for photography and, and filmmaking, um, and I did a couple of uh, different uh, careers that were related, and uh, I came across letterpress printing at a, an old uh, letterpress print shop in uh, New York City in uh, the, um, uh, the South Street Seaport uh, called Brown & Co. Stationers. And I was pretty fascinated. I hadn't seen that equipment before. That was a long time ago. And uh, I did take a class then, but then uh, I was involved with other things and uh, continued to do letterpress off and on for a little while until I came to um, Minneapolis, where I now live, and encountered the uh, Minnesota Center for Book Arts. 
And, of course, they are uh, wonderfully set up for um, letterpress printing, among other book arts. And uh, took a bunch of classes from, from them and uh, have been doing letterpress uh, from my own as a, uh, as a hobby uh, since then. Yeah, and for people that maybe aren't familiar with what, there's lots of different types of printing presses. Tell us a little bit about what the letterpress uh, print is. Sure. Letterpress was the uh, method of printing that was used from the inception of and the invention of, of uh, printing by uh, Gutenberg in the 1400s uh, in the Western world um, until about the 19, late 1970s when uh, everybody switched over to what's called offset printing. So letterpress printing is basically a relief style of printing where the, uh, the letters are out of, uh, cast out of wood, excuse me, cast out of metal or uh, carved out of wood, and uh, the, they're inked uh, because they're a raised surface, and then the paper goes against them and it gets printed. And that uh, changed in about the late 70s, early 80s, when everybody switched over to a method that was um, a little bit faster. And um, it was uh, the, the method was to transfer a flat surface of printing to uh, the paper rather than uh, uh, a, a raised surface, and um, we've been using offset ever since. But letterpress has become a little more popular. Um, the, the 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 crispness and uh, the the slight impression into the paper that the the, uh, the, the letters make has become uh, interesting to people, and uh, they know it's a little bit more um, noticeable as something that seems. Uh, you know, kind of prestige. Um, I think it was Martha Stewart who uh, had an uh, episode of her program once where she talked about letterpress printing for wedding invitations. Mm -hmm. And just about every wedding invitation now is done with letterpress. <laughs> um, and that definitely, uh, although there were uh, letterpress printers who are already doing it as a a hobby or as a way to produce handmade books, uh, books called fine press printers. Um, the, the, the idea of doing commercial printing again with letterpress took off when uh, brides were starting to request letterpress uh, invitations for their weddings. So it has a, its own certain look that, that people are attracted to, and it sounds fascinating. Now, tell us how you're going to do this live at the Sogan Valley Art Fair, and what kind of, uh, you know, what are people going to be able to do in, in a t when they visit the space that you're in? Well, they're going to be able to see um, three printing presses um, that are all letterpress-style printing presses. There's one called the Cylinder Proof Press. Um, I just finished uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, fixing that up a little bit uh, uh, yesterday. And uh, that is uh, a letterpress, uh, that, uh, press rather, that uh, used to be used to create proofs, but now it's the style of uh, printing press that many, many um, letterpress printers are using. There's an uh, iron hand press, which was uh, a the iron version of the printing press that Gutenberg invented um, and uh, was used from around the early 1800s uh, through to the end of the 19th century. 
And uh, and then there's also a show card press, and that's a press that's just very uh, manual, um, uses letters that uh, are attached to little rods on a flatbed and held in place with magnets and uh, hand-inked with a brayer and then uh, these uh, little hand roller that goes across to that when you put the paper down and, and it makes an impression. It was used uh, for often for uh, point-of-sale and uh, uh, placards and for uh, posters for events, uh, uh, thus the name Show Card uh, Press. Oh, that's going to so be fascinating. Kind of a yeah, those are the three press we'll be using. A Northfield... Uh trivia piece is that the show card company was offered to the Northfield Foundry as a turnkey business at one time and they turned it down. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> years ago. <laughs> That's <laughs> probably something they maybe should have done. <laughs> well, maybe in hindsight, yeah. Yeah. So Dave, where's this going to be set up at the Sogan Valley Art Fair? Well, it's a it's a big change for us because a lot of our building has been renovated and uh, we're going to have quite a few activities inside so when you come to the fair it's not going to just be outside stuff although there's a lot of outside stuff but there's going to there's going to be a lot of cool things inside probably over a dozen artists and there's another person doing a demonstration of silkscreen printing too and um, so it'll be fun but make sure to go inside Absolutely. Yeah. And what will people be able to, are you creating, uh, you know, pieces that people can take with them or something that's going to become a part of a bigger piece during the, the weekend? Hans? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was for Dave. Um, there, is, would you repeat the question, please? Sure. It, it, are people going to be able to take something away with them or are you creating pieces that will become part of a bigger uh, piece, or is it just to show how the press works so you'll be demonstrating and people can kind of learn more about how printers work and the letterpress specifically works? Um, I'll be creating things that people can take with them. Uh, and the, uh, the, you know, so it'll be about how the press works. Then I'll be using the three presses, but um, uh, in the process, I'll create something um, that folks can take. Oh, that'll be kind of fun. I, I think you mentioned that you got, when you first saw one, you just really, it just lit up something in you. And have you had any experiences like that where people have, you know, kind of gone, you know, gotten really excited? I've heard that happens to people that start printing, especially at places like the Minnesota Center for the Book Arts. They just get going and they don't want to stop. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I've had those experiences. Um a lot of them have come at the Minnesota um, Newspaper Museum, which, where I demonstrate with a bunch of other people at the Minnesota State Fair during the fair, where we have uh, a, a space that is set up with all the equipment that you, you would find in a rural newspaper in the 1930s and 40s. Um, and we actually produce a newspaper and print it uh, and then uh, hand out the, the, uh, the newspapers hot off the press it's a one-sheet, uh, four-page newspaper, and the uh, the volunteers are, among the volunteers are uh, uh, former newspaper folks who are both uh, printers and journalists. <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, they write articles for the newspaper and they produce it. Mm. And uh, when we demonstrate that equipment, like some of the things that are used to create the type, or to set the type, or to print it. 
the, the, the look on people's faces is just a total astonishment. And I just I love showing it to people, especially like, uh, young adults who have not had any exposure to uh, uh, printing before, um, uh, before the offset style of printing, and in some cases um, before computers. Uh, they, their, their world is totally about uh, things that were uh, printed on with computers. Um, whether in a uh, commercial environment or at their home with their um, with their laptop and their uh, computer printer, it's especially interesting when we um, set type and then we make a little proof on a proof press that's very similar to the show card press. We hand ink it; they can see the metal, but they don't see what it says. And then we lay a piece of a strip of paper down and run the little press over it, the little roller that uh, is uh, run crossed it by hand and puts a little bit of pressure on the paper so that it contacts the ink. And we lift that up, and there's all the letters, there's all the words, there's exactly what was said, and they're just wowed. Yeah, I <laughs> so can imagine because it's something that, you know, there's just not a context for a lot of people because they just, you know, it comes out of the laser printer or, you know, even way back the sort of the paper with the dots, dots on it. Right. And, and, and exactly. so to have that form and become right before your eyes, this great image is, is very exciting. I yeah. Think and I'm looking forward to uh, uh, folks coming to the Southern Valley art fair and being able to uh, see that, that very thing. And, I'm looking forward to seeing that look of astonishment um, on their eyes. I expect there'll be lots of that. Hans, it's been a, a thrill to be able to visit with you, and I hope po folks, like you said, Dave, will go inside to see what's happening at the Art Org building at the Sogan Valley Art Fair where some of these things are taking place. So thank Great. you. I can't wait to, to learn more from you. Thank you. Thanks, Hans. My pleasure. Folks, our next guest is Jan Davies. She's a former art teacher, antique bead jewelry artist, and is rec reconnecting to painting. She'll be at the Sogan Valley Art Fair with her husband, ceramic sculpture artist Mike Norman. Mentioned in the interview is his apprentice, Olivia Jensen, whose role and name I goofed up, so I apologize, Olivia, but I corrected myself in the middle of the interview. You can visit their websites to preview their wonderful work, MikeNormanPottery.com, OliviaJensen.com, and visit the SoganValleyArtFair.com to see Jan Davies' beads. Hello and welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure to have you, Jan. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your art world. Well, I uh, a long, long time ago, I did do the fair when it was sort of in the dark forest near Rochester. Oh. And I'd always sort of piggybacked on with my husband, Mike Norman, who's sort of a famous potter and I'm only a famous teacher so <laughs> you know it's been fun to, it's been fun to get back in the swing and um, I also this summer had a wonderful open studio camp for four of my favorite sixth graders who could now drive and so they encouraged me to get back to painting and would say things like it's okay, which is like a D in college or something. But they really encouraged me to keep going, and I've been stringing beads all along. I collect antique beads from India, Africa, Afghanistan, and I just love the stories they can tell. A hundred-year-old bead is different than, you know, a pop bead or something. But And then when Mike, uh, Dave wanted Mike very much to do the fair, and 
called and said the gallery's ready and you guys could be inside and riding on Mike's coattails, Olivia Jensen, who's Mike's wonderful 26-year-old apprentice. We call them 8226. <laughs> uh, I said, could Olivia and I do it too? And Kari likes my jewelry. So they said, yes. Yeah. So I've been stringing beads and painting, I don't painting something. So it'll be a lot of fun. This is the first show I've done in 13 years. The last two I did was the old St. Kate show at St. Catherine's and then the American Craft Expo. So, and then things changed and I uh, got a family and went to grad school. So there it goes. Well, that is... That's how I, that's how I got to where I am. Yeah, well, what an exciting <laughs> time of life. You mentioned that you'd been a teacher for, did you say 42 years? How is that possible? I know, <laughs> I know. I'm 71, so I started right out of college and I've taught... Every grade level art from preschool to graduate school and ended up, uh, I taught at Breck and then I taught at the Eden, the Eden Prairie School System. And um, I thought I could be a studio artist, but it was way too lonely. And uh, I just decided that uh, I would just give it my best. And so I've always practiced my craft because I kind of have a belief that if you're going to teach art, you need to be able to share the process with kids and other people. But now I've come back to a little bit of teaching with just, well, when kids call me and say they would like to do something, I do it. But now I, I think I'm ready to completely support Mike while being able to do some of my own artwork and writing again. Well, that is an exciting time. And so you said, you will you be bringing some of those paintings that you've been working on, or will we mostly see some of your No, beautiful... I'm going to bring them. I'm going to bring them and leave my ego at the door. I'm just going to bring them. <laughs> How fun. <laughs> you mentioned, mentioned that you're yeah. mostly known for your uh, strung beads, and I'm curious yeah. about how you track down these antique beads. Where Where do people go if they're you know, curious about finding something like that. You have bead traders. And so there are these really interesting, strange bead shows. There's a huge one in Arizona. I have heard and about that one. They're all over. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't go there. I'd have to sell a car. <laughs> danger, danger. <laughs> danger, danger. But anyway, I just have always... Uh, I don't know. I have friends who say I was either my former husband is a Tibetan Buddhist monk. And he said, I think you must have been like a nun or something that wore Tibetan beads because I love beads from Tibet and I love them from Africa. But so I've met through the years, like four traders that I actually buy from. One sells uh, silver from the hill tribes of Thailand, and it is more pure than sterling silver and uh, more expensive and then i have another friend now ahmed and wardak and he's um afghani and i love his beads because he always brings a hundred year old or thousand year old broken pieces that are very primitive but at this time in afghanistan due to hard times they're they're burning all of that ancient and melting all of that ancient silver. So mm. it makes every piece I make, I think, a little more special. I love African trade beads. And I don't know. I just, and uh, the pieces, the gems that I buy from Ahmed are 
the high, just really beautiful quality. Right now, anything coming out of China is just really, they're incredible art, artisans, and it's, it's not real anymore. And Tibetan um, turquoise no longer exists. So sometimes people think, I love this. Could you make it cheaper? <laughs> I say, well, you could go to uh, Chico's and they might have a little something or, you know, find something. I don't know where. But, yeah, there are other people who don't choose to go down that route that make wonderful things. Well, it sounds beautiful. I bet people are excited to see what you have. And you mentioned you did the Sogan Valley Art Fair Back a long time ago then, uh, and Dave, was that part of the reason you brought brought um, Mike and uh, Jan back to celebrate the 50 years? Oh, yeah, sure. We we went through all the old lists and things, and we, we were presented. Uh, somebody walked into the fair and gave us this scrapbook from the 25th year, and that was, and you can see that a lot on our Instagram uh, account, the uh, Sogan Valley Art Fair account. And, um, yeah, it was just fascinating to see everybody there. And there's actually quite a few, more than you would expect, people that were at the 25-year will be still at the 50-year. So it's kind of interesting, yeah. That says something. And we've talked about your work, Jan, but you're also going to be in the booth. You mentioned with uh, your husband, Mike Norman, and his assistant, Olivia Benson. Tell us it, a little Okay, excuse me. You have to say the word apprentice. Apprentice. She's really an apprentice. I apologize. That is not the, that was my mistake. (laughs) Yes. No. (laughs) Um, Well, uh, we'll be down in the beautiful new gallery space, and we're encouraging everyone, even though it's going to be beautiful weather, to come down and see us. And we are seeing some of our old friends. Olivia is... um, doing some of the shows we're doing now and we've gotten her a gig with um, St. John's University and encourage her to do everything but she and Mike work in the studio every day together and she'll be bringing pretty much uh, I would say um, production but a little with a twist uh, because she's really willing to experiment now so she may bring a coil pot she may not but um she has some very uh, functional work that people will really enjoy. And Mike will have, I think, maybe six horse sculptures, Ooh. which he did in his uh, life's retrospective in 2021 and um, at the Northern Clay Center. It was a time where nobody um, really was coming out or seeing things. So we're really excited because I think Dave and Kari have done the most incredible job putting together a group of fine artists, functional artists. Some of them are dear, dear friends from over the years. It sounds beautiful. And uh, you can get information about um, Apprentice Olivia Benson at Olivia, no, excuse me, Jensen. Jensen. I had, that's, (laughs) man, I'm going to have to go apologize to Olivia. (laughs) OliviaJensen.com. No, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes, At, you can. Or com is where you can connect with either Mike or possibly Jan, too. Absolutely. Yeah, and you And so- if you email him from the card, I'm the one that answers everything. And, you know, if you see our numbers, I would say call the 612 202 7694. 
and I promise it won't be so hard to get to me next time. Oh, no worries. <laughs> we uh, the things happen all the time, and so we had just um, it's a delight. I would imagine. I was thinking about this for someone who spent those years teaching, and now you've spent a few years not teaching. Uh, that the lessons you taught those students, how, how has it been something that, that um, you've carried through? Are you uh, missing the students? Tell me about that shift. Oh, yeah. I, if I were, I would not have retired if I hadn't had a huge rotator cuff injury and your body just literally wears out from lifting all that stuff all the years. And I was, I, I, I didn't, I could have taught forever. And um, had I, well, if that were even possible, but I, I just felt it was a good time to end. I gave it my all, and I'm still in contact with many friends and families, and it, it is very difficult. I have to continue to find ways. Um, I told them lots of stories through the last 20 years about a best friend, so I'm writing a memoir, and now they know all the stories that I told them about Carrie and myself when we when we're their age. And so periodically I get an email or a text from someone in college who says, for God's sake, write the book. Don't you <laughs> want to make like $40,000? I'm like, yes, I do. So the connections I made are the most important thing. And something hard for artists is lots of times we work alone in the studio. And so it's wonderful at a fair or a, any sort of gathering of artists that isn't just alone in the studio it, it continues that relationship thing and that's what teaching was all about that so sounds there like you go you yeah were can a, you tell i miss it i can you're a beautiful teacher and you're gonna keep uh spreading your wings and doing amazing things i i suspect well thank you i will take that advice <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure to get to know you, and uh, folks should definitely come to the Sogan Valley Art Fair. You mentioned that you're in the gallery space, Jan, Jan Davies, yes. and um, I'm guessing all of those beads that you have have a story and that folks want to ask about that, that that would be something fabulous. Well, thank you. I, I will try to carry the message. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Folks, we're going to keep uh, talking on Arts Annie Radio, and we'll be right back. And we're touring next with James Linfesti. He's an editor, writer, and poet. He's one of my favorite authors. His book, If Bees Are Few, A Hive of Bee Poems, is extraordinary. His sixth poetry collection, A Marriage Book, 50 Years of Poems from a Marriage, was a finalist for two 2017 Midwest Book Awards. In 2020, he received the Kay Sexton Award for significant contributions to the Minnesota literary community. He now serves on the board of directors of Red Dragonfly Press, and he's going to help continue the extraordinary work of the Northfield poet and entomologist Scott King at the Sogan Valley Art Fair, he will present work from Red Dragonfly Press. His website is coyotepoet.com, and I believe it's reddragonflypress.com as well. Welcome to Art Zany Radio. It's such a thrill to have you here today. You have done so many amazing things with poetry and writing and uh communication it's just I, I'm a big fan we talked I think the last time about um, your fabulous book which is one of my absolute favorites if bees are few a hive of bee poems oh, oh I, bless I, you yeah I, I treasure that book it's, so. it's, it's a freaking wonderful book people still <laughs> ask for it from all over the world all the bee maniacs but just 
all the poetry people who see the connection between the sweetness of both. Exactly. Thank you for remembering that. Oh, yeah. I do, absolutely. And so you have a really special uh, role at the Sogan Valley Art Fair that uh, is uh, kind of an unusual uh, addition to the fa- fair, and I'm, I'm really excited to tell our folks about your connection to Red Dragonfly Press. My personal collection to Scott King and Red Dragonfly Press, I could go on for hours. He changed my life mm-hmm. uh, with with his publication of my uh, some of my early books, and he he taught me how to set type when he, when he was. Uh, printer in residence at the Anderson Center, and he makes such beautiful books and taught me in many ways the beauty of letterpress printing. And uh, before that, you may or may not know, but I was heavily involved in the Minnesota Center for Book Arts in Minneapolis. I was I chaired the board for many years and helped bring about open book up here in the cities. But the truth is the hands-on, do it down, do the work, I learned from Scott. Then, of course, I learned that he was a, a very quiet, absolute genius, as I hope everybody who ever knew him knew. In addition to his stunning work in poetry and letterpress printing, he was one of the great entomologists we will ever know in our region, a world expert really on dragonflies, flowerflies, uh, wasps, and bees. Uh, and his book, this is a pitch for a book that everybody should own in our region or maybe everywhere, which you get online now is called following the earth around in which he sent a citizen science report it every day for a year and published it under his own imprint thistle words press and you can read it every day for the rest of your life because it goes around and around and he noticed things that the rest of us never came close to seeing or knowing or understanding about the insect world all around us mm. so that's a that's a pitch and then, as you know, the calamity occurred uh, two years ago in April when Scott dropped dead of a heart attack. It was just heartbreaking. And uh, he left behind many, many, many projects in various states of uh, you know, process. And I give you a good news. It took a while you know, with his wonderful wife, Lisa, from Northfield, and some of his very close friends and I volunteered to join the board, and I've had friends of mine who volunteered to help bind up books that were uh, unbound letterpress books. And we've got a wonderful uh, selection of Red Dragonfly books, both books and broadsides, that we'll be bringing to the Sogan Valley Art Fair. And uh, we won't price them, on, you know, it's five, ten, twenty bucks for these extraordinary uh, works that, that Scott did. Uh, we have uh, you know, Joyce Sutton, you know, mm-hmm. just the poet laureate, uh, Louise Erdrich, many, three different, four different pieces, maybe five of Louise, Louise Erdrichs, um, who, you know, I predict, you heard it here first, will win the Nobel Prize. Mm-hmm. She's won every other prize. <laughs> um, and... Uh, uh, you know, Albert Goldbarth, uh, Dorian Locks, on and on and on. And, of course, works by Scott, couple by me, uh, including a book that I, <laughs> I've listed on my website for years and sold out only to find that Scott had, there were many unbound copies. So we bound them up and they'll be there. Uh, one book. The first book that Scott ever did for me uh, and called uh, Affection for Spiders. Hmm. And I'll tell you, I... 
who knew that anybody cared about spiders? But that was my introduction to Scott. My friend, my poet friend Thomas R. Smith said, "This guy might like those. Po- I know a guy in Northfield that might like those poems." I said, "What spider poems?" Well, it turns out he loved them and made a beautiful little book out of them. I can't Led wait to see a, that. Yeah, it's a wonderful woodcut on the cover of a, of a jumping spider, and you know they, if you look close, they all they all look like little Chinese philosophers. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, it's just so I, I, I'll be proud to exhibit these books of, of Scott's at the art fair. I'm a happy time to be there. I, I hope there's coffee there because I'm going to be there all day, both days. Lots of coffee. No problem. <laughs> I think Dave will get you covered on that. And all right. Cover me with a cuppa. Yeah. Okay. Right. I, I think, you know, that, um, that I, I, the fact that you mentioned, you know, Scott's beautiful, not only is he a beautiful, um, poet himself and a mm-hmm. um, someone who supported the poets just in in a way no one else could. Uh, I remember exactly his right. memorial um, event at Oddfellows that was just mm-hmm. I every person that spoke had a story about how he changed their lives and just yeah. you know yeah. made so many. Lives better, and because he left behind uh, so so much work, it's amazing that then um, there's this group that is continuing that, uh, and, and so that's that's what's the idea behind having this event at the Sogan Valley Art Fair, and and all those things will be for sale for people to uh, support the press. Right, and there all the money goes to the press, 100 percent, and the printing, as you would expect, is utterly beautiful. I mean, these are not just broadsides; they're just books. They're works of art, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, we writers who were fortunate enough to get our words between the boards or on the on the uh, broadsides that Scott made, uh, were, were just gobsmacked because of the great beauty of the, of the physical book. And uh, for all book freaks, there's nothing better than a, than a Scott King letterpress book or a broadside because they're just. He had a one a stunning eye. Mm-hmm. You know, he fell in love with the poetry of of um, uh, McGrath, Tom McGrath, and changed his life from being a brilliant scientist and engineer. He got a full ride to the University of Minnesota in chemical engineering, the number one program in the world. He started in that and then did a 180 when he fell in love with poetry and fell in love with Lisa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and, and recognized that poets need presses. And that, in fact, there was a wonderful small press named Swallow Press, which really kept Tom McGrath's poetry alive. And he said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a press that will keep the voices of this part of the world alive. And he did it. And uh, it's quite astonishing, in fact, how much of it he did in the time he had. It's tragic beyond belief that he only got 56 years out of this world, but he sure did a lot in that time. Absolutely, and uh, I keep a, one of his little photographs of, of a dragonfly right above uh, my, my desk because I want to be reminded yeah, yeah. of him uh, all the time. Oh, bless he was, you. He was yeah. extraordinary, and uh, this this work that you're doing to keep the, the press going, I was unaware of that this was this was going on, and it's such a, 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 a and it's just glorious. And for folks in Northfield that that knew. Um, Scott or know his family. Uh, this is really great news to to know that there's more happening, 
And uh, Dave, tell us how you made the connection and wanted to make sure that this was a part of the Sogan Valley Art Fair for, for this year. Well, Richard Stevens really made the suggestion. Um, he's a guy that we both know pretty well, and he's been at the fair quite a while. But um, some years ago, we actually gave a, a, a show for Scott in this same building that the radio station's in right now. We rented a, a space in the basement and had a gallery down there, and we gave some really nice shows, and one of which was uh, Scott. And I think, you, Jim, you you read from... Han Shan, a cure for warts or something? Han Shan is the cure for warts. I'll tell you, I hope some of those may be bound up. I thought those were sold out, too. They weren't, but we found unbound copies. And let me tell you, you mentioned Richard Stevens. Both he and Hans Koch, who will both be there with their own work at the Sogan Valley Art Fair, have been volunteering and helping me uh, at my dining room table as I plied them with wine and cheese and bread. (laughs) bind up some of these loose sheets into books. So it's quite stunning. Uh, I mean, we will have copies of both those books. And in just, in fact, you know, I, so I mentioned a little book, Affection for Spiders, Eight Little Spider Poems that Scott made, made just beautiful. And then as he finished, he said, by the way, I like your Han Chan poems. I said, what? <laughs> I had no idea, zero, that he had any idea. I loved Han Chan, the cold mountain poet from China. Well, he then, so he, and so he did this collection of mine called Han Chan's is the Cure for Warts. And I'll tell you a true story. He made it so beautiful that I took it to China and left it as a gift in the cave of Han Chan, Cold Mountain in the Tiantai Mountains. And if had that not happened, my trip to China would not have happened. Wow. Hmm. That's, yeah, that's amazing. That's a true story. Yeah. Folks, I want to thank everybody who was a part of Arts A&E Radio today. Dave Mahachik, Adam Reinwald, Hans Koch, Jen Davies, and James Lenfesti. We had to close that one out a little bit early. We're running over. But I want you to make sure you add some Art Zany to your life, of course. And always remember, in the meantime, until next time, enjoy your imagination. You've been listening to Art Zany, radio for the imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault. The Paradise Center for the Arts is a vibrant cultural and artistic gathering spot in historic downtown Faribault. The Paradise is committed to offering high-quality visual and performing art opportunities for Faribault and our region. Regular events spotlight some of the best artists and musicians in our area and throughout Minnesota and the Upper Midwest. Our beautifully restored facility includes art galleries, classrooms, clay and textile labs, a gift shop and rehearsal spaces, in addition to a 300-seat auditorium. Visit ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org for a full schedule of events or call our box office at 507-332-7372. The Keller Insurance Agency in Nurse Strand knows that finding the right insurance coverage for your 